Um, hello, everybody. Uh, it's recording. Good. Oh. Would anybody like to, by way of introduction, say anything about your world right now? Just to establish a platform of radical honesty and withholding nothing. You just have to turn your microphone on and just start talking before you know what you're gonna say. I just came from 333 Rage and Fear and I have mixed emotions that just bubbling feel so alive and very grateful. Thank you, group. Thank you. Somebody else, thank you. I feel so glad to see we're gonna be reading about our fear of our fear because last night I felt so scared and I was so numb at the same time. And I was like riding that little pivot point between like frozen and fearful and like saying some, like letting my fear kind of be known about. And, and it was, it, it, it was so tricky and I can't wait to just get more experiments going on about that. Thank you. What you're, what both you guys are telling me is that Anne Chloe is right. So I'll tell you later about what, but she's right. So, but I'll, I'll tell you in a couple of minutes about what. Somebody else, go ahead. That was wonderful, thank you. I had a nightmare this morning that my teeth started falling out and my two front teeth started disintegrating and I couldn't get it fixed till tomorrow. And then I went to a restaurant and there were just too many people showing up and I asked my kids to leave the restaurant because it was just getting too too much because of right now we're in a big serious situation in Texas with COVID. And then I was trying to get out, um, but somebody wanted to say something to me. And so I gave them my attention for about 10 seconds. And then I heard a gunshot and I ran outside and my son was shot. <laughs> And then I just had to hold him. And I was telling him he was gonna be fine, but the shot was near his heart and I just didn't know and I had to wait and then I woke up. So it was a lot of like things I'm scared of too. So wow. thank you for Colt mentioning the fear because yeah, I've been crying all morning about different stuff, but fear has been big. Wow. Thank you for sharing that here. How's your son? Um, he's 12. Child. Do you hear me? 
Jen? No, no. Sorry. Uh, have you read the book by Joseph Chilton Pierce called The Magical Child? No. So it's a, one of the backbones of the book is a guy named Piaget, his, his study about these stages that children go through and uh, he calls it a context shift or matrix shift at certain ages. And I, this, the, a 12 year old boy is going through like the second or third uh, matrix shift. And it's, it's very, I found it doing homeschooling and noticing the rapid, I mean, sudden phase changes that the children go through at different times. It helped me so much to know I wasn't just going crazy or it was out of control or nobody knew about this. It was really, it was very helpful to have uh, an understanding of the full five body karmic, like complete energetic re reorientation that the children go through at like four years old, seven year old, 12 years old, like these different shifts. So you might find that a, a useful book. There's a, just, if you go on uh, somewhere, if you go on the, there's a new website called the possibility, no, Museum of PM. It's called museumofpm.mystrikingly.com. If somebody could type, okay. And uh, if you go down to uh, the, fruits section there's roots and shoots and fruits like all this from possibility management in the website in the in the fruit section now there's a new uh possibility management bookstore and it's just a a, a bunch of the books online the a bunch of the books available through this a new platform called the bookshop.org and it's um they support local bookstores so if you are able to get books through them that will um, I think there's some small percentage gets kicked back to me and I will use it to keep developing the start over game. So, but that book is in there. I remember putting it on a list. It's called The Magical Child by Joseph Chilton Pierce. He's got a number of other books that are related to that, but are equally good. Great. Somebody else would like to just say something. I just came out of uh, pretty much intense spaces and I'm still integrating. And it's very funny right now because my heart is doing weird things. Like I'm sitting right now and my heartbeat is so strong that I'm actually rocking like this. And well, I can feel it, wow. And, um, but I, I can't explain what I did or um, what it is, <laughs> it's just doing. Okay. But I like it and it's amazing and yeah. Christina, you're in Berlin? I'm in Berlin, yes. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. If somebody else would speak, I'm still, uh, book up because I lost it. Somebody else would speak. There we go. 
I feel utterly terrified um, coming onto this call. Uh, I was on the call pretty consistently from about June to August, and then I stopped coming. And um, yeah, I feel terrified coming back into this. I feel very afraid of someone asking me to justify why I was gone when the only justification I have was uh, fear. And um, I feel maybe 10% joy coming back and going back into this work, but easily 40 or 50% fear. All right. We're at the edge of the diving board here and there's no use in staying around. I think it's time to jump. In my memory and We lost you. Degree. So last thing we were talking about, it was about a woman who made such a difference for her. And then Clinton, we don't hear, we don't hear a verb. Uh, can you, why didn't I speak? <clears throat> it's just nothing. Oh, well, I don't hear a verb. I don't know. It's rebooting. Okay. Okay. All right, coming back on. There's a, a sun a sun spot or something like that happened. Uh, can you hear me? Please put your thumbs up. Anybody can hear me? Not so good. It's like this, huh? So just burn my computer. All right, I need the page 101 of the. Um, so I'm going to switch computers with then Chloe. And sometimes the DOS computer works better, and sometimes the Mac computer works better. In this instance, it's the Mac. So we're going to switch computers. Hold on just a second. We're doing a technical transfer. It's getting set up. What was Kay, what was the cliffhanger? I said, what was the last thing I said? You said we're at the edge of the diving board. Okay. <laughs> it's true. We are falling. Okay. okay. One so page 101. Yeah. Okay. We just uh, do just what? Turn off your computer. All right. Mm. Okay. I'll be back on a different window.
All right. Look if you can hear me. Nobody's putting their thumb up. Oh man. Yes. Okay. Seems like a time delay. Phyllis has a sideways thumb. Um, microphones on. Everything should be working on this side. It sounds really good now. Can you make it louder? You sound clear. It's just low. Okay. That's better. What you, uh, it's better now. You can hear me now. It's still a little low, but I can hear you. Should I jack in the headphone, or is you it could put in your uh, up your own volume though? I did. No, I mean, every we can. Phyllis, I mean, yeah. Okay. This, if you're, this might work better if you're here. All right. Oh, it might be the other one. So, right. Okay, if you're on the other side, you're talking into my wrong ear. Okay. Can much you, better. Much better. Yay. We are technical wizards. All right. So I'm sorry that the time has gone by because this is important stuff. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to start reading page 101, section 5E, two phases of feelings work. Reconnecting to our feelings involves two distinct phases. Phase one in feelings work is learning to feel. Phase two in feelings work is learning to use feelings consciously and responsibly. I just want you to know that every now and then I change words around. Yes. Slower, please. Slower, slower. Okay. You're reading fast. A little bit slower, please. Okay. Learning phase two in feelings work is learning to use feelings consciously and responsibly. You cannot do phase two without first doing phase one. Knowing that there are two phases is important because thinking that we are in phase two when we are actually in phase one can be expensive in terms of the mistakes we might make. For example, going up to your boss and lambasting him with or her with 100% righteous rage about the way he or she treats you, only later to realize that he or she is treating you appropriately, but you are projecting on him or her the ancient rage about your authoritarian mother or father that has been stored in your guts since your childhood. It could cost you your next promotion. Here is how to pay attention to phase one and phase two. Phase one with feelings is simply to learn to feel the four feelings with clarity from zero to 100% intensity. Distinguishing one of the feelings from the other, each from the other. You should be warned that starting phase one can be like blowing the top off of a volcano. Long repressed resentments and grievances erupt in irresponsible abandon. I wanna tell you a side note. We've had a recent experience over here in as, as a result of a expand the box training. Was it expand the box training in lab? Just expand the box. Just to expand the box. We had a participant who came to our expand the box training 
who seemed completely rational and completely present and completely relational, all that, got a tremendous amount out of the training, all the distinctions and experiences, and then went home and uh, something happened, which was, it turned out that we didn't know that long ago he was using antidepressant drugs and he was, had learned how to suppress the, his feelings. So he's actually, his condition is uh, a bipolar condition, which is, it's a manic phase and a depressive phase. And he had suppressed the manic phase his whole life. So he was basically in a, a rational, numb, depressed state came in to expand the box training, started getting access to his anger and sadness and his fear. And then he's been going into these ecstatic states and kind of over the top um, because it has, has been repressed all the time. So what I just said is like in phase one of feelings work, it can be like blowing the top off a volcano, long repressed resentments and grievances erupt in irresponsible abandon. What we're seeing is it can also be irresponsible ecstasy, irresponsible um, mania, you know, like going way over the top about being God or seeing God or seeing everything or knowing everything like this kind of. So it, I know from experience that it just takes a little while to balance it out. So we're, we're just working on that. But I just wanted to say that it's not just the quote unquote negative feelings that get suppressed. Also your joy gets suppressed and your surprise and your, your, um, in your curiosity and your, your um, like uh, bravery, things like that. Your, your courage gets suppressed. Your, your ability to take a stand and to speak out and show up, like all these things that are positive and creative and move forward can also be depressed for a long time. And so phase one of feelings work is pulling off the brakes, is letting the flow start again. And it's huge, it is huge. So long, re okay, here we go. It is important to start phase one feelings work in an environment where no one will be harmed by the scatter blast. So I just mean by that is that not too many people in your environment will be too offended if, if you go through this rocky road of the phase one. I think most of you know exactly what I'm talking about. I think you're, you've been in phase one for quite a while and you could probably each of you could tell stories about times that you uh, had a panic attack or just started crying for hours for no particular reason or just went into this rage, something like that. I'm sure you could tell stories about that. Anyway, I can also. So this is phase one of feelings work. As you become more comfortable erupting, quote unquote, you learn to start and stop your feelings on purpose, for a conscious purpose. And this, this is amazing. It is a, a shocking, amazing thing that you can find the the, the uh, navigation uh, um, instruments, like the, you know, the steering wheel, the accelerator, the brakes, the compass, the intensifier and detensifier, like you start finding all of these 
control, these like, I don't want to say control, but it's navigation instruments inside of yourself. We call it inner navigating. It's called inner navigating. And this is phase one of feelings work. <clears throat> it is so important not only to do that yourself, I mean, but to do it for other people. I, I don't think, I don't think I would know half as much, you know, hardly anything without having trying to give this to other people. <clears throat> it's about giving away the gifts that you get as soon as you get them. It's about replacing yourself as you go up the mountain. This is a quote or an idea from a book called Mount Analog by Rene Damal, D-A-U-M-A-L, which is also on the highly recommended reading list. And it's about this idea of replacing yourself. So as soon as you can pass on, if you have it to, if you gained it to such a degree that you can give it away, this automatically moves you further up the mountain, so to say. I know there's no mountain, but, but it moves you up the mountain nonetheless. So um, then you can intentionally direct your um, suddenly released anger, for example, into a rage cushion or a, a ringing cloth in the privacy and safety of your own home, your own bedroom. With, and then you, you use it on purpose. This is, the, this is the shift between the cathexis and the, the catharsis and the cathexis that we were talking about before. Because at first when the volcano blows up, it's cathartic. And it takes that, it takes that part to um, get the juice flowing again, but it doesn't take so long before you can start cathecting it and directing it and doing inner navigating and you're shifting from phase one to phase two. I'm reading again. You may notice how childishly or irresponsibly you behave in phase one. This does not matter for that because it's a temporary time thing. What matters is that you are feeling intensely and authentically. Learning to feel is so precious and important that the few weeks or months during which you are expressing your feelings irresponsibly as blame or resentment or a sense of betrayal are well worth the prize that you are earning. This is my opinion, of course. Focus on going all the way, going 100% big with clarity and full conscious power in each of the four feelings, meaning uh, if you turn the button, if you turn the switch on for feelings, you don't just get to turn the joy feeling on or something like that. If you're gonna turn the switch for feelings on, you get all the feelings. So even the fear that we've been mentioning today. So the fear that's showing up for people that I heard about both in dreams and in, in actual day, day, you know, when the, when the sun is up experience, which can also be a dream, but we'll talk about that later. Um, this, the, the importance of getting access to the life flow of the feelings is, is worth what it costs to go through this washing machine part of the cycle. So focus on going 100% big with clarity and consciousness in each of the four feelings. When you have succeeded, you will enter phase two. 
congratulations, you've entered phase two. Phase two with feelings work is to use the energy and information of your feelings and emotions as fuel and wisdom for creating responsible results in your life. It's rocket fuel, both the feelings and the emotions for rocket fuel. The transition between phase one and phase two may take place at different times for each of the four feelings. This is something we learn. Don't expect yourself to be competent automatically in fear if you've already become competent in anger. It's a different part, it's a different territory. It's almost like uh, if you had air, uh, what earth, water, air, and fire, you know, inside of you as four quadrants, each one of those elements could be equated actually with the four feelings. And as you could imagine, breathing, seeing, walking, talking, connecting, transforming in each of those four elements is, is an, almost entirely different. You have different resources in each one. This is a, this is a, uh, this is a good thing. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing because there's so many resources available to us in those four quadrants. So, and it's about, you know, I first, first started doing really powerful feelings work back in 1991, okay? 1991. So this is, that's 30 years ago, right? Almost 30 years ago. So, so I, I am still astonished, both inside of myself and with other people, friends and clients and people in the trainings, uh, what there is to get from these four feelings. It is so, I don't know, I could write a whole book about it. That's a joke. So I was, that more books need to be written about this stuff. And can I bug you? So what's the book that we just thought of that needed to be written? It was about resentment? It was about the resentment thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we've, we've been recently unmixing or dismantling resentment with people in groups, especially in groups, people come up with these incredible conclusions based on evidence that is almost non-existent. However, a tiniest piece of evidence is enough to support a story that will, that will build a platform to have resentment on. And so, you know, resentment can be taken apart and we've been figuring out how to take it apart. And it's, gosh, there, a whole book needs to be written about this. So uh, anybody who wants to write that book, talk to Anne Chloe, talk to, um, what's her name in uh, Poland? Gabriela, and especially talk to Anna Norambuena in, in New Zealand. I mean, these guys are doing raw research, but they're not writing the book right now. So they're too busy researching. Anyway, does anybody want to write that book? I know you're all writing your other books that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You know, you, you have till the end of December, so just keep writing. All right, if you change your mind and you wanna write that book, let me know. And we'll set you up with some core researchers who can download stuff for you. You can mix it with your own research. All right, the transition between phase one and phase two may take place at different times for each of the four feelings. Such transitions do not happen by accident but rather through repeated conscious efforts. You will find yourself taking steps along the way, making mistakes and 
learning, trying again. You can detect phase two happening when, for example, you start to feel scared that someone is doing something they should not be doing. Then the fear is followed by anger and you notice your feelings instantly. Then you use the energy of your feelings to go directly and immediately to that person to see what they are actually doing. If needed, you ask that they do things differently. So it's the fear that tells you it's not working right. It's the anger that tells you to, that comes out of you to say, to renegotiate. It's the anger to renegotiate, but you need the fear to detect. So this, this process is over, which may take only a few seconds. And then those feelings have disappeared out of your body. This is phase two happening. The emotions are just gone out of your body because you used them, what they're for. But only if you did not actually feel terrorized or volcanic during the process, which would be emotional reactivity. Instead of your feelings using you, you were using your feelings. So that's, that's a big shift and you can tell it. Instead of your feelings using you, you were using your feelings. It's a big shift and it's, it is such a great, God, it almost feels like mastery of some kind. You know, possibility management, we don't do the mastery thing, but it will feel like it sometimes. And Chloe, how do I go to the next page? Okay, thanks, Todd. All right, good. All right, good, thank you. Upon observing your success, you might find yourself in sudden ecstasy ready for the next phase two feeling experience. Well, that's great. Welcome to the high level fun of responsible creating with feelings. Welcome to phase two. Just remember, you cannot do phase two without first doing phase one, keep practicing. So the next section is called stellating archetypes. How many of you have stellated your anger, for example, in a lab, Devin? Phyllis, good. Mia, Kay, super. All right. So do, do any of you want to say anything about that? How that was for you? The difference, like a before and after thing? What did you notice? Or how is it after you've stellated your anger? Anybody have anything to say about that? Well, I feel that my, I, my procrastination of jobs and so on, there is so much more energy that I really um, I am able to start things in a much, uh, much more gentle way and I, I getting things done in a, in a quite different manner. So I'm really, I feel that there is much more power available since then. Thank you, Joseph. Joseph, I just want to tell people that Joseph was just doing the expand the box in Portugal just recently. The lab. The, and the, I mean, sorry, the lab. Does somebody else want to say anything else about the stellating? For me, it just allowed me to, not just, for me, it allowed me to speak up instead of let it fume inside of me. What a difference. Yeah. What a difference. God, I remember my life the before and after of what you just said, letting it fume inside me and being able to, to use it. It was a very big difference. Uh, cool, thank you, Phyllis. 
and I feel that I, I, can, I can use it much more in a practical way for the thing you mentioned before. So if there is something making me angry, I feel it very fast and I can, I can transform the situation without getting stuck. So I, I feel much more fluid with mm. anger and actually with fear. Yeah, thank you. Um, Amber, this article that you just wrote, is it something really that you just wrote? No, I, I, I wrote that a couple of months ago. Okay. And I just, I, I mean, I, 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 I corrected some things, but I basically wrote it in, back in June. Okay. I just, Amber just published a very, I appreciate, I appreciated her article that she just published. And I, I thought it might've been that the anger, the anger that said, I'm, I'm publishing this, I'm getting it out there. I'm going to put it out there. And you said, and the fear is going, well, it might not be good enough. It might not be perfect enough. What if it's, you know, what if people don't understand? And the anger says, put it out there like that. I'm writing a lot since I'm back, but I'm writing on the book. Okay. Thank you. Did somebody else have their, was going to say something? I thought I saw somebody else. One, one thing more I just want to mention is about, it's much more fun to have um, discussions and arguments with my girlfriend. So it, it's really spicing up our relationship. Thank you. <laughs> Great. All right, so let me just read this part about stellating. So we're just clear about what we're talking about. We human beings have within us archetypal structures, lying dormant waiting to be brought to life. And I just wanna add, modern culture knows nothing about these archetypal structures in us. I'm, I would also wanna add how uh, most of our study or learning about uh, this, the, the inner world of a human being is based on a uh, psychoanalytical construct that was uh, created or invented 150 years ago by uh, Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung, those guys, that whole stream of thought, this whole psychoanalytical context. Possibility management started from a different point of origin. So it, it just pretty much completely disregards the entire psychoanalytical context and starts at a new point of origin, which is the context of possibility. And as you could imagine, it's a completely different place to start from. It's like putting different seeds in the ground, you get completely different fruit that grow out of the plant. So, um, so, so the whole thing about having archetypal structures within us does not come from the context of the psychoanalytical context. It does not come from that. It comes from direct experience and experimenting when you, when you turn on feelings 100% intense, uh, something changes. So I, I think that's the next sentence. Purely expressing one of the four feelings with 100% intensity, consciously, intentionally starting and intentionally stopping, initializes an archetypal structure inside of us. Each of the four feelings energizes one particular archetypal structure, which until that time are, are, are dormant. They are like still wrapped in plastic. 
the, the battery isn't put in, the switch is turned off, it's just sitting there. And most people who have not done the stellating work, which is an authentic initiatory process, most, most people will go to their grave never having turned on and initialized these archetypal structures inside of us. So it's not a, it's not, it's not a concept that is understood in modern culture. So uh, since we're in the context of next culture, it's a commonplace con concept of stellating your archetypes. And the understanding is that when you turn on or to 100% intensity for no reason, anger, you turn on the doer archetype, the doer, the maker, the warrior or warrioress archetype gets turned on. And it's a force. These are just words and they don't really apply accurately enough, but we, I'm trying to use words that are easy to understand. So, you know, the whole concept of anger being a useful force is foreign at the beginning. And we're using anger as a force of creation, a, a force of causing things to change or start or stop or get cleaned up or finished or all this, making boundaries, changing our mind, negotiating. This is all use of anger. And so the one who does that, that part of it that, that would get turned on, this structure, is this archetypal warrior or warrioress, this doer maker one. Sadness, when it gets stellated, turns on the communicator archetype, the connector, the lover, other people, some people say poet or something like that, but it's the one who is touchable, the one who's vulnerable, the one who is trustable, like that. Turning on fear, when you, when you turn on the fear archetype within yourself, so I'm, I want you to think about this. Several of us checked in before, as we started this, the gathering tonight with stories about encountering or experiencing intense amounts of fear. And if we're on the old map of feelings, that will be a quote unquote negative experience for us. It will feel overwhelmingly dangerous or scary or too much or something to go away from, something to stop as soon as possible the maximum kind of uncomfort, it would be a feeling afraid. And this is what it feels like as an experience when, our, our, when we are located on the old thought map of feelings that says fear is bad and fear is dangerous. So you, so you can detect that in yourself. It's the phase one of feelings work. Have you shifted to the new thought map of feelings? So this is not something that you can say in your mind. Oh yeah, yeah, I like, I like the new thought map of feelings. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Oh yeah, I understand the new thought map of feelings. You know, that fear is fear. Fear is, fear is a, a really useful, you know, it's to say that, you can, it's easy to say it, but it's also easy to detect if it hasn't happened. And that is when something, when fear comes up, do you say hello, fear? Welcome fear. What do you have for me today? What's your gift right now? I'm listening. You have my attention. You know, I can feel the chills down my back, the hair standing up on my neck. I want to run. I want to fight. I want to get out of here. I want, I want it. Okay. 
hello, fear, what do you have for me? And then letting, letting the fear talk to you. And what really helps me is to write it down. When the fear tells me what it has, I write it down. And then I say, thank you, fear. Anything else? Anything else about this? And sometimes there is something else. Watch out for that also, or you know, don't do this, or whatever. It's, it tells me some other things, and I write it down, and I say, thank you. Anything else about this? And then the fear goes, nope, that's it. And I go, thank you. It's gone. And what I have is it's my job then to choose what I'm going to do about that. The fear does not get to decide what I do about the information it gives me. I get to decide. Same with you. You get to decide. Your fear comes up. You say, hello, fear. You can feel it. You distinguish it. Do not mix it with sadness. Do not mix it with anger. They each have their own times to talk to you. You say, I want to talk to fear first. Okay, fear, talk to me. And then you write down what it gives you. Say, thank you. Anything else? And then when it says, that's it, then you say, thank you. It's gone. And then, then you can check with anger. Then you can check with the sadness and the joy if you want. And then, then you get to decide. You get to decide what to do about it. So this is, a, this is phase two of feelings work. But first, you need to know what that experience is and go, gosh, this is fear. This is fear. And that's phase one, to learn how to feel. And when you go through this process of stellating fear, when you lay down on the floor with a space holder, and sometimes there's other people like in a lab, we do a bunch of people at the same time, but you lay down and for no reason at all, you drop into this territory inside of you of fear and let the fear get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until you are, you know, you go up and down and then a little bit further up and then down and then a little further up and down. And then you get, it's, it's so incredible to let it go 100% rip roaring fear and for, for a minute, for a minute and a half, and just screaming and flopping around on the floor, how many people have stellated their fear? How many people stellated fear? A couple of you guys. Okay, cool. Thank you. Does anybody want to say anything about what, what happened to you when you stellated your fear? After you stellated your fear, it turns on the sorceress or the sorcerer archetype in you. It turns on the one who can go over the edge of your box into the nothing, into the unknown, and be okay with the fear and function, meaning to create, create in the face of fear, create in the face of breakdown, create in the face of chaos. This is what you're able to be when you, when you turn on the fear to 100% and you find out that you're bigger than the fear, that, the, that you own the fear, the fear doesn't own you. Does somebody who stellated their fear wanna share anything? what they noticed after that? Yes. Go ahead. I, it, it was fun. There was something that happened both times that I did that it was just to be in the now with no story, just pure fear. It was really, really fun. And I, I didn't even imagine that fear could be fun. What was fun about it, Vera? The, uh, there was an expansion of, of. I mean, I remember you, it was, yeah. I remember watching you laying on the floor and you, you start just laughing hysterically after you've been completely screaming your head off. 
And so I didn't get a chance to ask you what was so fun about that. So now's my chance. So go ahead. Oh, it was this finally of taking space and 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 stretching to the max. And it, it, it with rage, there was a lot of heat. But then as I experienced myself, I could I could stretch like my being or something could just really stretch so, so far. And I was OK. And I could I could touch more life more bits of myself and it was just like filling filling um parts that were either empty or crushed or just as if someone has blown me up as a balloon and I'm like ah finally I'm like this is the space and in a physical yeah in a physical way yeah and is there any no there's parts of that I have no idea why I was laughing <laughs> I believe you I believe you is there any practical, I, I, I'm not saying that it has more value to be practical than not practical, but what I'm, is there any way that you've been able to, that has shifted that you use the fear differently after that? Well, I, the, the, the distinction of I choose instead of my fear chooses was massive that you, it, it, I changed from the fear tells me something, I have to follow it. I gave my center to my fear. And so I stopped doing that. And the, also to know where that my, is my fear in the present or is my fear in the future. So I could have more space to realize, oh, this fear is not of right now. This fear is about actually from the past. I got clear, uh, more clarity about emotional fear through the sensation of fear than than before actually mm -hmm. thank you and and also to i i dared to use more of the fear to hold space to be in silence to connect with another person to ask questions that i wouldn't ask before thank you so i mean Right now, I mean, our talking, I mean, you know, the next part, let me just read the neck, the rest of this stellating thing, but then I don't want to forget this though. The, what we've talked about is, is sort of the cut and dried, neat and tidy, um, polished, uh, conceptual understanding, you know, clarity about fear and phase one and phase two of fear and stellating fear. But, but hey, you know, what happens when the lights go out? What happens when your car stops? What happens when the elevator breaks down? What happens when somebody's too close and in your space and you, you're, you don't know what to do? Like, and somebody just breaks a promise that they made to you. Like, what are you gonna do about it? You know, what, what if somebody, you catch somebody you know, telling bad things about you or actually trying to betray you or they do, you know, undermine, what do you do then? So can, does, does somebody have a gateway question into that kind of space? Because, you know, we can read this book together, but it's like those stories you told at the beginning were so alive. They were so real. The dream, you know, the other stuff that was happening, the fear was so present. And so it's like, those are the things to put on the table for us to, to work with. Go ahead, Vera. 
well, for me, often is the how do I how do I deal with or I have fear of doing the same things that I did before that caused results that I don't want anymore. What do you what do you do with that? Or what, what happens? What do you normally do with it? You know, just let me just say something. You know, I could imagine any kind of shit happening to me at any moment, anywhere, from anybody, from every angle. I have a really good imagination. So I could imagine in the future, like three seconds from now, somebody busting through the, the glass window, you know, taking all my whatever, my archetypal lineage talismans, you know, what, doing whatever. Um, I could imagine a lot of stuff. So I've learned to, what, what have you learned? I mean, I've learned to the difference between imagining something possibly happening in the future and being right here in a small now and a small here in the present. So how do you, how do you work with that, with the fear? Yeah, so one thing is to be in the small now. So can you explain what that is? Hmm. So uh, there's, there's different sizes of now. And now could mean if you, a different size of now of this moment, about two, three seconds. And this moment, and this moment is, for example, now today or now this season of pre-Christmas or now this time of my life and my yeah in my age or something like that or so and they, they creates there's less power I find that there's less power when the size of the now is really big because so what many what do you mean by that Because it encompasses past and future. So? There's, there's no way to have, there's no power in the past. How can you, what do you mean? Can't change what happened. You, can, you can't change what happened, like try to, you, I think you, you write that also, but try to not eat the thing that you ate <laughs> already. You can vomit it, but that's not the same thing. So. You can't change the past and you, you can't change the future. You'd have no power in the future or in the past. You only have power in the now. And the smallest the now is, the more power you have because it's more directed to what is happening with, with, yeah, with no past and no future. So is this relevant to anybody about the fear that you were bringing up when we first started today? Yeah. So, okay. So what about, what about doing this experiment then? What about doing this experiment about minimizing your now? How do you notice how big your now is? Does anybody have any hints about noticing how big your now is?
you you mean how big or how small? Uh, both, same thing. How do you have any hints about noticing it? How can you detect how big or how small your now is? I'm thinking it's about going into the future. So how can, how can you tell when you're going into the future? Well, I'm thinking about something that could happen. And, you know, if I'm getting ready to go into an elevator, there is a possibility it could stop. So yeah. I have, you know, that's kind of in the moment. Am I going to take the elevator or am I going to go up the stairs? Well, I'm going to go up the stairs because I have that fear. So, uh, so I think in that situation, even though I'm thinking in the few minute future that it's serving me. But the question is, how long do you keep the now that big? Well, just, just until I get to the top of the stairs, just until, <laughs> I decide, just until I decide not to take the elevator and then I'm fine going up the stairs. <laughs> I mean, that's the point, you know, because uh, we have this thing, if we find a tool that seems to work, it's, you know, like, for example, this, I have a story, like, one time I remember I was like 12 years old or something, and I was looking down, and I found a 50 cent piece, like it's a, you know, it was worth, back then in the 100 years ago, it was, you know, that was worth, you know, five, five, five dollars now, you know, five euros. So I found this thing. And I only found it because I looked down. So for a couple of years, I only walked looking down. It took me a couple of years to figure this out that I, I always looked down and I didn't see anybody or anything around me. I would almost walk in the street if there was cars coming or whatever. But my thing was, if I look down, I might find money. And so that's the, the thing, like if I extend my now into the future, I might be aware of something that could happen and protect myself from something bad happening like that. And so then we develop this habit of keeping our now extended out five minutes, an hour, five days, you know, a month, six months. We keep this now extended out there because one time I, I found something in an extended now and it saved, it's, it served me. So it's this, it's this, I think it's a kind of an art to bounce the size of your now around from keeping it generally very, very small, like now and like now, like right now, only that big. And, and then by impulse, by instinct, by intuition, bouncing it out to, okay, do I have enough water for the walk? Did I, did I get a reservation? Okay, bring it back again. Did I, you know, do I, do I have to make a phone call and change the plan? Whatever, do I have to get tickets? Whatever the thing, whatever the, the thing is, the fear is telling you and then bring it back again each time. But if, we, if you leave it out there, then you're not in the present. And like Vera was saying, you, you don't have power to take actions because you're out there worrying in a way, concerned about what might happen in the future. And the same thing works backwards, the same thing we drag around a, a, a now that's got way back from our childhood a lot of times. People will carry a now that's, it's like a ball and chain that stands back to we're three or four years old sometimes. 
Doing what? You want them to do that now? No, but I'm getting some ideas from 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 my ally here. <laughs> what were you saying? Yeah. Okay. How, there's a there's a very cool exercise called completing incomplete emotions, and there's a website about that. I don't know if the process is on there. Is it on there? Yeah. Completing incomplete emotions, and it has this process, and you just do it with anybody. You can do it with anybody. It's a role play thing. You ask them to role play somebody that you notice you have an incomplete emotion with, and then you they they become that person, and you say. I never told you how glad I was that time when you told me that you you that I was a good math student. You're talking to your math teacher from third grade. And <clears throat> I just never told you how glad I was about that. And if you don't tell them how glad you were, you'll carry around a now that that is like, gosh, I didn't do it. I didn't, I forgot to do this. I could, if I get another chance, I'll do it. I wish I would have done it. I could have done it. My life would have been different. You know, all this now is huge. It's extended in the past and also into the future. So you can, if you can get to this uh, completing incomplete emotions process and do that at the next time you have a potluck dinner, like at Thanksgiving, you know, spend the first 45 minutes or an hour of your Thanksgiving meal together, completing incomplete emotions with each other. And not, you don't have to do it with the people in the room, they can role play somebody else for you, or you can do it with the actual people in the room. That's fantastic. You will have an amazing Thanksgiving dinner if you guys, if you do that. And some, most of you don't even know what Thanksgiving dinner is. I've, I've forgot, I mean, I haven't had a Thanksgiving dinner for a long time. <laughs> Great. Okay, Vera, you were gonna say something about an experiment. Yes, because uh, the, the question or the, statement came up which was the it like what you were saying about the fear not making the choice the fear gives information um extending the now or shortening the like extending the now to the past or the future also gives information so it's a, it's a great tool for information seeking but then action or power is in the now that's what i wanted to just complete yeah. mm -hmm. thank you Somebody else, anything else right now about this stuff? Yes, Nicole. As, as I was listening, I was kind of like playing with it. And, and it, it, it seemed to me that there was something about like being grounded and having my bubble. And it's almost like my bubble might have a few different versions that kind of, and it has to do with my attention. And, and I was just kind of playing with noticing how like I've played already with my bubble, how I can kind of make it go out and in kind of as I breathe and trying to make it go opposite of my breath so that when my ribs are expanding, I'm pulling my bubble in. And then, and then also like, but getting into the now almost seemed like the opposite of this. It was like kind of getting down to like a, a point in me, like a really small place. Like I could get really small in terms of like, and, and then I thought about point of origin um, kind of experiments that I've done where, and I'm, I'm remembering last night, I was with my, my son, the one who's been having the mental health and addictions troubles. And I noticed that I wasn't centered and I wasn't bubbled and I was, I was 
kind of bringing that, but then I was noticing where I was pulling my center back from and where I was pulling my bubble back from. And it, and I was doing this while we were having a conversation that was really going way too fast. And, and so I was kind of slowing myself down to, to come from like my, the, the, the core of me or, or like in the origins of me as far as possibilities. But I was also kind of in this relational like navigation where he was all over the place. And, and I, I could just see that, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm always looking for what more I can do to be responsible and to be present and to be clear and, and to source love and possibility. And I was really kind of just really getting a, a big like download about how tricky it is when someone else is so like all over the place in, in the various ways there are to be all over the place. So I, I'm so appreciating like getting a chance to, like it's so multi-dimensional. Thank you. So I have an interesting situation with completing incomplete emotions um, in person. My brother has been here for several months and he is quite a bit like my dad, so who's not alive anymore. So I, we, I have actually been working with him on completing incomplete emotions and it's been great because he's participating, which shocks me. And... I'm still getting triggered. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how to, I'm not sure what next step to take because even though we're talking about it, he owns, he takes responsibility for it. I take responsibility and yet I'm still getting triggered. So there's this website called reactivity.mystrikingly.com. Have you, have you checked that out, Phyllis? I'm not sure. Because this is the one where it distinguishes between buttons, hooks, oh, yeah. triggers, traumas, imbalances, yeah. and voices, this thing. So I you're know. using the word triggered. I get triggered. But, mm -hmm. but what is it really? It, can, did you figure that out? Because that might really help. Because triggered is a generalized word. It just means you're having an emotional reaction. But it yeah. turns out there's all these different kinds of them. And if you figure out which one it is, then you know what to do with it. Yeah, I'll go back and look at that. Thanks. Yeah, that could be really helpful. Because it's what a, a fantastic, uh, amazing <laughs> chance you have. God, to have him there that long. I mean, it's, you have to be careful what you ask for, you know. I you're, know. <laughs> you're wishing to see him. I heard, I remember that. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, what an amazing thing that he's willing to, to play along. It's really great. Blows me away. Tell him I, I said hi. Okay, tell him I said hi. <laughs> I will. <laughs> God, that's amazing. Okay. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Was, was there somebody else who wanted to say something right now? So I want to I want to read the rest of this, and I want to do a little experiment. So here, here, let me read this. So we were talking about turning on stellating the anger to get the warrior and warrioress and the sadness to get the lover and the communicator, the listener and the fear 
to get the sorcerer, sorceress, the creator one, the one who can create something out of nothing. And the joy turns on the, I don't like to use the word leader, but the joy turns on the, the space holder. It's really the space holder, the one who's generous, the generosity of the space holder, the celebrator. You know, the one who calls the people together to celebrate and to acknowledge and recognize and um, appreciate and all that. So this is the, when you turn on the, it's an archetypal force inside of you, who's this space holder. So uh, we hardly know what these archetypes could mean for us in our relationships as men and women, because we have few role models. Becoming an archetypal force of nature is our birthright. It is straightforward and it is necessary for entering the archetypal realms of relationship, which is where this book is going. So we will repeatedly return to this subject throughout the rest of the book. Bringing an archetype to life, meaning to stellating, is a process comparable to changing a planet into a star. The difference between a planet and a star is that a planet absorbs more energy than it gives off, right? Because the earth is living off of the sun's energy. Whereas a star radiates more energy than it absorbs. So it's going through this transformation of itself to radiate energy. Human beings are designed to live as stars as creators and, and, and space holders and producers and connectors. We're designed to live as stars, but modern culture trains us to live as planets, meaning as consumers or criticizers or blamers like that, victims. As already mentioned, traditional cultures bring an 18-year-old child through an initiatory process into adulthood stellating their four archetypes into radiant, joyous, productive maturity. So I would rather say, rather than in traditional cultures, I would say next culture. I would say, because indigenous cultures don't do this. So next culture does this. Um, so modern culture does not provide such an initiatory process to stellate our archetypes, our four feelings archetypes. We must venture outside of normal culture into certain environments that are designed specifically for the purpose of stellating archetypes. To be safe and stable, the stellating process takes its own time, somewhere in the neighborhood of two years. What that means is to stellate all four archetypes and to stabilize them, to shift from phase one and fa to phase two of feelings work, that whole body of work with all the other things that go with it and the practices, it's, a, it's like a two year process. And so it's hard to market uh, that to somebody. So, but at the same time, it's good to know that if it didn't happen for you in the first three months, you know, if it's not finished, that's, that's how it goes. It does take a while to do this. So what, I, what I'd like to propose is, I'd like to propose, I didn't ever do this before, but I'd like, I'd like it if, 
was is there any questions right now from anybody? Does anybody have any question right now about what we just talked about? Okay. So I'd like you if you could just sit back, close your eyes, and and yet at the same time get pretty close to the screen. So somehow have um, move the camera closer so your face kind of fills up the whole, because we'll be looking at each other in a minute. And um, this is an experiment you can do in the future. You'll be able to do this with other people in your life at another time also. But, but we're going to, we'll do it very slowly right now. And it starts like this, you close your eyes and you sink down in. And you get this sense of, I'm, I've been working on turning on my anger. So you just get this sense of inside of you, this archetypal warrioress or warrior who is turned on inside of you. And you have pictures of that. You know, there's superhero movies, Wonder Woman. You know, you've got these pictures of kind of these archetypal warrior and warrioress. And we, we, we understand those pictures because we're designed to understand them and relate to them because we have them inside of us. So just take a deep breath and allow your self-identity to include the warrior and warrioress part inside of you and, and let it be present with you. Like let it feel it in your cells, feel it in your nerves, feel your body come awake to that level to that amount of alertness and commitment and action and um, guardianship, like stewardship, guardianship, you know, coming alive to that action, taking care of things. And so, and let that be there and take another deep breath. And in addition to that, in addition to that, let this, the, lover archetype, the sadness stellated archetype, the one who is vulnerable, the one who can transform by disappearing, by, by listening so well that the connection is automatic. Like the one who, um, the one inside of you who is, un, is undefended, it's because it's not necessary, because the sadness in each one of us is the same. Our sorrows are one. Like that, there's a stellated part. This, it's a, it might seem feminine, but it's not. It's both masculine and feminine. We each have these parts. And it is this turned on, completely empowered, healer, poet, lover archetype inside of us. It's vulnerable, sensitive, empathic, connected, interconnected, like that one. And let that one stand beside the warrior and the warrioress inside of you. So you've got two of them standing inside of you now. And, and it's part of who you are. This is your, this is, this is your day-to-day, everyday life. You walk around the world with this and then take another deep breath. And now let the fear-based archetype, the stellated fear, sorceress or wizard or 
what do you call it? The creator one, the one who, who, who like fear is a warm tub full of water. Like fear is home. Fear is joyful un, ungroundedness. Fear is instability or chaos. Fear is no, no control, absolutely out of control. Fear is this, um, this surprise and, and non-linearity and op- like, um, like this is a fear, this is a wizard type. This is the, this is the, um, the famous, uh, God, what's his name? Merlin, Merlin, you know, or what's the guy from Lord of the Rings? Gandalf, you know, and the, the feminine form, the lady of the lake. This is the lady of the lake. She's inside of you. You get this? This is the one who makes the swords that they give to the knights who have given up hope and start over again because she can bring the hope back. This is the sorceress. She's coming from the, the mist and she gives the sword back. So this is inside of you. And she's standing beside the lover who's standing beside the warrioress, okay? And you let them stand together inside of you. You keep breathing because there's another one. There's a whole another one who can come alive inside of you, which is this space holder. The one who has direct access to abundance and generosity and an un, unending supply of possibility. Like this is this joyful, um, the, the celebrator, the one who, who blesses, the one who includes, the one who doesn't say yes, but they say yes and. The one who, who is a yes, you know, this one. Like, so let... What does that look like? It looks like a space holder person, somebody who's elegant and um, empowered and shares their power, flowing power around, who doesn't, who's not jealous or uh, is not in scarcity of power, but is so much power, just flowing it around to people, just flowing it around. And you can share this. And this, guy, this is standing next to the sorceress standing next to the lover and standing next to the warrioress and keep breathing, just keep breathing. And when you're ready, slowly open your eyes just a little bit and start looking at, turn your microphone on when you get on and start looking at somebody. And if you can want to, you look at somebody and you can see that part in another person. And when you see one of those parts in another person, just tell them about it for like 30 seconds. Just tell the person about it for a 30 seconds. So I'll give it K. I'm, I can just see the, the lover one in you. You have such a healer, connector, huge purpley blue, um, um, feminine yet powerful healing agency. It's just totally radiant from you right now. So somebody else, you just look at somebody and you tell them what you can see in them. Mia, I see this um, abundance, um, kind of like a, a never ending basket of, of, of everything, of, of of resource, of um, love, of 
joy of of flowers of 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 things that are are gorgeous and um and intense and <laughs> so needed just like that it's, it's never ending there's this huge basket that your arms open so for people just to take and then the more that they take the more that exists in your basket and it, it brings there's this like white slightly yellowish light coming from kind of your arms your shoulders and <laughs> as it's not like it met you as well and it was with that energy that you gave me a lift a while ago mm-hmm. remember yeah thank you thank you and i love you leslie thank you Leslie, I see the warrior in you, which is able with very, a very, very little amount of anger to stand for something, to, to, to keep boundaries to uh, yeah, and I see in the same time the lover uh, in you. When you do this, you you apply those two. When you do this, Leslie. Florian, the, this wizard part of yourself is so strong. It's you, you, you have this relaxed, mm-hmm. I can see this relaxed attentiveness, noticing and moving in a, in a efficient way, only when it's needed. And you come in and you do a nonlinear action. I can just see this and it's this kind of sparkling sideways, this you seem to be such a reasonable guy, but actually there's a sparkling behind you, all kind of around you, the stars and yellowy sparkling stuff. And, and it's just totally clear that you can wait to the right moment and then you move and it unfolds and you don't take an egotistical uh, reward from it because the reward is giving, the reward is causing magical stuff to happen. Lisa, I see a fierce woman that takes a stand and that holds a very, very tight and safe space for others. And I see the beautiful, delicate, feminine side of you that is like fluing around energetic field around you that is asking for love and to join you in your journey. And I appreciate you and love you.
Thank you, Jennifer. Janet, I see a glow and a presence and a softness and deep strength and love. Ember, I see this warrior and the lover at the same time. And it's so precious because you stand up for yourself. You ask for what you need, but you're still in connection. And I appreciate that a lot. I learned that from you. I'm thankful. Callista. I see uh, sorceress, warrioress, uh, not warrioress, sorceress, wizardress in you. And when I place my attention on you, I feel invited to look closer and enter, enter an awe space. I feel invited into awe. Thank you, Devin. Ingrid. I see a strong warrior who's moves forward regardless of what gets in her way and is able to navigate situations as they come up, as they arise, and is willing to feel fully and take action. And uh, it's quite beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Phyllis. Nicole, I see this alchemist being in you, transforming stuff from deep, deep down in the underworld and bringing it into a new shape to the middle world and making gold out of it. Nicole, I want to also say, I We can't hear you, or I can't hear you. Will you try again, Janet? Please. I don't know. Can you hear me? Oh, that's better. OK. <laughs> uh, Piggybacking on, on Amba, Nicole, I, I see a maze that you take people by the hand and you take them through the maze. There's this inner strength 
that there's you're converting your fear into being a creatrix but the mace keeps changing but it doesn't it doesn't I don't know what I don't know I don't understand exactly what it does but something you move and you know but you don't need to know 10 steps ahead you just move and you know thank you Catherine I see a space holder there <clears throat> I see your commitment as a solid uh, like foundation that people can stand on. If you say something will happen, it's gonna happen and that you're holding the space for it. And it, it's a, there's so much abundance in your, like your free will giving of abundance to the people who you get to participate with. And so you're, you're, you're I don't know, I think, it, I think maybe some people get overwhelmed with your abundance of, of clear space holding and it's like um don't worry about it just keep holding space and keep creating opening the doors and holding the space for them that's that's what it's obvious to see And Devin, I see the space holder and the wizard. The space holder creating spaces and inviting people to them. Um, and the energy of the wizard of like, um, like sensitive to fear creating transformations, um, like the unpredictability or the, the non-linearity of it. And I also see at the same time Heights helped by both the lover and the and the warrior um, that are also there, like the that are helping the wizard and the space holder. Oh, uh, I love you, Florian. Thank you. Christelle, the woman sitting next to you. What what is your name? Yule. Yula, I see you making swords for the warriors to carry. Thank you. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa Favero, <laughs> I see you traveling through space and time I see you dancing on the fire and I see you navigating through dimensions and bringing back treasures from worlds and times beyond and before us. I see the wizard in you and the visionary. Phyllis, I see the, the sorceress 
as a researcher in you of uh, the, the test maker, the, the test, the experimenter that uses, use your own, your own bodies and the, basically everything for, for your research. And this kind of wanting to put your hands where it's dirty or where it's messy or where that, and you don't let go until there's clarity, until there's something out of it, there's some gold out of it. And yeah, I, I see that in the wizard as new. Yeah, and the, I just want to add on that the, the lover is so uh, um, compassionate somehow. You have this a kind of a unconditional compassion for those around you who are struggling or who are confused or just trapped and you just have this compassion for them. And uh, it's just this part of this lover part that goes right along with what Vera was saying too. Thank you very much. We could keep going to do this. And the point of it that I wanted to try this was to, I know that a lot of you have not stellated all your archetypes, but that we have them in us. And some of us have more of one than the other, and, but that, that they are visible. And the point of this is I, I, when you have this kind of a conversation with somebody that you can just, you just, where was I? Okay. Oh, yeah. And Chloe and I were just, um, we dropped our rental car off at the airport because we're moving to a new island. And then we had to take the bus back to the town where the ship is leaving from tomorrow morning. And the, there was a lady there who was from, uh, um, uh, God. Venezuela, which is part of the Caribbean. I didn't know about that. It's the north part of South America. And so we, we both had this kind of conversation with her about her, there was a kind of, she was a wizard, a wizardress, because she was making the machines work for everybody so they could get their tickets, which were in the hot sun and they were melting down in the machines. You couldn't even see what was on the screen because it was all from the sun. And so she was at the same, so she was healing us and the ticket machine and the, getting us moved. And she was this total, and we had this 15 minute conversation with her and it was fabulous. It was one of the high points of my day. And we'll, I'll never see this person again, probably, you know? And, and so but we can have this appreciative archetypal recognition from one person to another person. We automatically can speak from that part in us to that part in them, and it comes awake. And we can have these conversations part of every day. We can have this kind of a conversation. So I just, I wanted to, to try this experiment just now. I didn't ever try it before. And I'm feeling really glad and excited about it. So I hope that you will take this with you and, and do it like once a day or whatever, try, go up to somebody for no reason, no reason at all. You don't want them to wash your dishes or you don't want them to you know, any, do any favors for you. You just go, gosh, I just, I, I, you took a stand there. I'm, I'm talking to a warrior or warrioress right now. 
you know, and I just, I just want to say your qualities of your warship are standing out. And I appreciate that. And just be clear and specific, like we were doing, because it just, it's an archetypal conversation that we can have. And it, it's really feeding. I mean, how many people could feel the, the food that was happening? I mean, could you feel the, that people got fed from? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is what is a possibility for us. And I just wanted to make make it visible and alive in our conversation here today. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> hmm. I noticed that it's already 6.30, after 6.30. Uh, we've gotten up to section 5F. Is there any... Um, is there anybody's more consideration about the fear we were coming in with? Remember there was this kind of fear stuff and people were sharing and, or, or anything else about what was happening today? Anybody have questions about or want to talk about anything like that? Leslie. Yeah, I, um, I had several incidents this week and each one um, led to this point today or each one anyway, is an example of what we're talking about today. And one was uh, somebody said something in a meeting and it, I felt angry about it. They cut me off and it took me a little while, but I finally, I said, you know, I got stuck on what you said and I'm pissed off about it. And like, I've never, I've never said that. It seems so natural to, that I would say that it's somebody I care about. It's, and, uh, and he immediately said, yeah, I hate that I did that. Mm. <laughs> and, and wow. then we were able to talk about what's going on with him, you know, and that, and then, um, uh, oh, I think it was before that I, something happened that really pissed me off and it was, it was huge. And then I thought, oh, well, I haven't done my three, three, three in a while. And I ran upstairs and did a lot of, I did three minutes of full out anger for some reason, you know, there was actually a, a cause and it was, uh, it was powerful to take that. It was powerful because it was, it was happening right at the moment, but just that I thought, oh, I could do that instead of this other thing I do, which is to eat sugar or something, you know, go on, go about my business. Mm. Um, and, uh, another experience was being with somebody who was telling me some very personal stuff, but I felt I was feeling angry. And then I was afraid that I was trying to tell him what he should be doing instead of what he's doing. And then I told him that, and we ended up looking in each other's eyes and connecting for the first time and real I realized oh well 
no wonder it was it wasn't working before it wasn't happening between us because either me or him we weren't connected so mm. like ah you know like these things are are becoming clearer now in real life and i'm, I'm just delighted thank you thank you I don't know who is speaking. It's Maria. Maria. Go ahead, Maria. But Ethna, I want to hear from you after that. Um, I wanted to share that um, I've just been listening to the call and all this stuff is landing in these really clear places in my five bodies. But this week I had a like spontaneous uh, awareness of a bunch of matrix that has been building inside of me for a long time. And it just like things totally shifted. My point of origin changed. It's been a really wild week and really exciting. <laughs> and the piece about the small now is like, I feel the pain of not being in a small now so acutely. Like I have started to notice when I leave and how much comes up in that space, like how, what the effects of doing that are so painful that I, yeah, it's been, it's been really clear. And the piece about um, asking the feeling what it has for me was a perfectly timed addition to this toolbox that I'm working with right now. So I feel really, like really excited about it. <laughs> Thank Maria, you. what was the, can you tell what, how you noticed the built matrix, the new matrix, how you noticed it? Well, I was feeling really miserable and heavy and like attached to stories about the past and the future that were like holding me down. It felt like choking me out kind of, and I feel like the pain just got really big of what that felt like, what that was, like my numbness bar was a lot lower. And then I started um, pulling myself back into my center and a small now and a bunch of different things have affected that. Um, and it just flipped. It just was like my whole being flipped into a new place. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like flying like I feel like I'm flying thank you but not manic which yeah. I, I love being manic but that's or have loved that in the past but it feels really different grounded thank you cool thank you. thanks I, I, I want to ask Maria a question go ahead Maria you said that you were acutely pain um you were had pain, acute pain about the effects of the not having a small now. Could you say one? I don't understand the question. You said that you were, you felt the pain of not having a small now, like in how the painful, how painful it was to not hold a small now when you did not hold a small now. Can you, uh, because of the effects that it had, can you tell us one of the effects of not having a small now? Being crippled by fear. 
Yeah. God, that's like this uh, stage fright thing. You know what I mean? It's like you see something happening and you want to be able to do something about it, but it's in the future. So nothing you can do now will change anything then. You can't, you can't make sure you give a correct uh, introduction to somebody when you're, you can rehearse it a million times in your head, but you can't assure that it's going to happen because you have no power to correct your speech in the future now. You can only, yeah. And then you're in this, your center's over there in the future and your attention's on yourself and it's just this stage fright. So, wow, thank you. Ethna, you came in with, you had this story about the fear, right? Yeah, I did. What, what do you, how, what's your relationship to that now? I feel, um, incredibly glad that I used um, the power that my anger was giving me to override the fear and come onto this call. Um, I think I've spoken to Nicole a little bit about this uh, strange experience that I've been having. Um, just uh, internalizing a lot of self-importance and the self-importance um, has really uh, just turned itself into this huge fear mechanism. Uh, very unconscious, very childlike. And um, there's been, every Monday I've been getting the WhatsApp uh, notification saying, oh, you know, calls in 30 minutes, hop on. <laughs> and every single time I've wanted to press it, but I've just been completely frozen. Um, the idea of being held accountable for my absence, of having to explain myself, of having to, um, of having uh, to live in the embarrassment of crawling back or that that's a story that I have around it uh, was just utterly paralyzing um, and I started a gremlin diet just yesterday and kind of it's not my fear is not related to the gremlin in this specific regard but um, feeling that power that kind of small measure of control that I'm slowly eking back made me realize that yeah, I can just click the button and come back on the call. And you know, if someone is angry, they're angry, but uh, this is something that I want and my fear is getting in the way of that. And so I was able to tap into some anger and I'm very glad that I did. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Stephanie, I didn't, we didn't hear your voice today yet. Can you say something? Yeah, hello everybody. Um, yeah, I had an insight during the call actually, um, how I was in the last weeks. Uh, it was when Vera was talking about um, giving away the center to the fear and especially the fear of doing, I took a note here, that's what I'm looking down, um, the fear of doing the same thing that creates results that I don't want anymore, things like doing things again that I've done that create the results again. And this I have it a lot. And there was a second part um, about giving my center to the fear, which is about the different talk topic, but this is about the future. So I have a fear of future because I'm kind of in the next month, my job is depending on all this Corona stuff. And it's like every day on or off or whatever. And I don't have any idea how it's gonna be. And then I gave my center away and just randomly 
Googled for any online job offers, which wouldn't be dependent on Corona and if a school is open and this kind of things. So, and then I, I started to apply for some things that I actually didn't want to do and so on. So instead of maybe just enjoying that, I now have time that I didn't have in the summer and that I might as well need for myself to prepare myself for the next year. So I, the summer won't be such such a run like the last summer was. So I actually need some time in winter and instead of center myself and yeah, land in that in that place and then living on the on the I don't have a lot of savings, but I mean I can make it through the winter. It's just a fear of starting with like zero in next year kind of but I gave my center away to that fear and just randomly searching for some jobs. And yeah. So I thank uh, Vera as well for putting putting some clear words on this. It made me notice it better. Hey, Stephanie, where do you live? Uh, I traveled two days ago back to Germany. I'm German, but I actually live in Sweden during the summer at least. Yeah. Where are you now? Now I'm in Germany. Where in Germany? <laughs> Uh, it's a very small town, but it's close to Austria. So if you know where Salzburg in Austria is, then it's just on the other side of the border. Okay. The reason I'm asking is because um, I'm on a pogrom. You know what a pogrom is? It's an ancient American word or English word. It means to banish the demons or to, it's a, it's a religious uh, crusade uh, so I'm on this religious crusade to stamp out corporate jobs. And so anybody, like a school is a corporation. So any, it's a, it's a prison actually. You should read quitschool.org. Anyway, there's, so I'm, I'm trying to encourage, like I have a personal mission to make it impossible for people to go back to a corporate job because they're having so much fun and making enough money to live on by doing what they actually came on earth to do. You know, doing what they love to do, delivering the services and the transformation to, to do what they came here to do and, and not give a shit about, you know, not to, to quit serving the corporate agenda. Like the school agenda is to stamp out, you know, boxed up little creature beings to serve the army of the, of the corporations. And so, so it's like, okay, is that really what you came here to do? Stephanie is to like make little boxed up kids so they could go get jobs at corporations. I don't think so. So, I mean, there are resources on even people in this call who have the possibility of opening three doors for you to do what you actually are, your knacks. You have some knacks, you know what the word knack means? No, I don't. Somebody, was ist Knack auf Deutsch? Es ist eine Fähigkeit, eine Geheimfähigkeit, das hat Kraft und, und Magie drin. Das ist deine eigene innere Kraft. That's what, a, that's what a Knack is. You get that? I get that. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I think um, I started more in that way that, than you might know. So even though I am an educated teacher, I never went into the school system to work there. What I was supposed to do now is like a like in the afternoon care, like just for a couple of winter months, a job. I'm not like working as a regular teacher and what I'm doing in Sweden is exactly building up what I want. Which is what? Which is what, which is 
guided tours in nature, showing showing the beauty of Sweden's nature to tourists on one side and to locals on the other side, showing giving them introductions into forest bathing while playing my instrument with a hand, which is a hand pan or hang drum, if you know it. So it is actually okay. I'm building up exactly okay. what I want to do. I just Stephanie, didn't make money with it yet. What is yeah. stopping you from doing this in a little town between Salzburg and Austria? Like what what is stopping you from just doing that tomorrow morning? You walk out and you go to and go to the middle of town and start playing your pan flute and say, "I have a tour. Tour starts <laughs> in fifteen minutes. Eight euros." Yeah, well, what's stopping is like, like right now I'm sitting in quarantine, and the second thing is that no one is going here in the street because we have quarantine. I don't know where you are right now, but um, that is basically stopping me right now. Yeah. I'm suspicious that if you went out there, Vera, take over. Yeah, you can you can market instead of having this like, you know, like people most most countries or most cities have even like a one walk a day. You make this amazing walk that is not just for the physical health. It's also the, all the other bodies and it will have forest baths and, and you know, it, it's going to nourish. It, it's going to recharge the people's energies much more than a a walk around the town would. with two meters distance and a mask on everything so. everything that they want and you tell them everything that they not just what they're what they're going to experience with the music and everything but also to to reconnect to nature which is great for their good. music good so stephanie do you want possibility or not thank you for your possibility no you didn't answer my question do you want possibility or not yes Good. So you ask for it then. Say, could I have three people give me three possibilities and a private call? You're going to connect with each one separately during the week. You have a private call with them and they give you three possibilities for doing what you came here to do rather than what you're doing there. You, but you have to say it in your own words. Hello. Could there are three people? Go ahead. Hello. Are there three people who would like to give me some opportunities, some possibilities? Then write their names down. Maria, oh, I don't know what I've done. Okay, I, have... I can I can read them for you if you want. Yes, Maria, Vera, uh, Kai, Florian, Christina, Kai. You got Vera. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Christina, did you get Christina? Yes, I got. Okay. I have Maria, Vera, Kai, Florian, Christina. Good. You have their yeah. contact info. Um, well, like if they have, if they use their normal name in WhatsApp, I will find them in the group, I think. Why don't if you I check? Find them over this. What if you check? What if you say, you guys all have your name and your number on WhatsApp? Just say that. Life can be very simple, Marie. <laughs> because Vera, I know, has, has a name. Kai, I know, has the name. Um, Maria, Florian, Christina, do you have your name on WhatsApp? I'm not sure. And I'm sending it to you right now. Okay. I've been added to one WhatsApp group recently by Jennifer. Is that the one? I'm, I'm not, I don't know if that's the same group or not. Florian, you have to corner him. He's a wizard. You have to corner this guy. Say, so give it to <laughs> I me can... right now. Say, so give me your WhatsApp number on, on okay. the, on the, the chat room right chat? now. Okay. I will save it then. Okay. He's going to give it to you. Everybody can copy it down because you have to call Florian sometime. He's in Seattle. 
which is in the Pacific time. You have to just call him by surprise sometime because he's stuck in this community. He's a wizard stuck in a community trying to solve the same old people's problems over and over again. And they, they're tired of him, but you guys are not. So he's got amazing resources. You just gotta call him up, really. He's put the number right there. Just copy it down and call him up. His, his name is Beckero, Florian Beckero, and he's his wizard. And you can call him up anytime and he'll just give you a possibility. It takes three minutes, he gives you possibility. It's fantastic. It's a resource you would not want to ever not have. Cool. <laughs> Text first, not call. <laughs> <laughs> Text first, not call first, okay. Cool. Anything else from anybody else before we wrap it up today? Yes, go ahead, um, run in. Because you said that, uh, that everybody needs to put his voice to this. <laughs> so yes. I was so silent. So I will just tell you something which is very small. I was uh, practicing this week, uh, feeling sad. Because um, for me, feeling sad was something that I didn't practice never. I thought that being sad is bad. And I have to be happy all the time, and I'm I'm happy all the time. Okay, it is still my uh, uh, mask or my way, but I was trying to practice sadness and um, telling other people that I'm practicing it because I want to be more open to feel their sadness and to be um, to feel what they feel. So so I'll be able to be softer, softer person. And it was an amazing practice for me all this week. And thank you. Ronan, will you do the experiment? Ah, okay, so I, it's written Ronan because this is the, the computer of my boyfriend. So I just wrote my, um, my name. My name is Zika. Zika. And I live near Tel Aviv, so I'm the Israeli girl here. This is Israel. Zika. Israel on the line. Zika. Okay, and Zika, I just listen. wrote my name and number. Yeah. So Zika, thank you. Do you do, there's two experiments we are asking or inviting for this week. One is minimize your now. And another one is you go around with a minimized now. You start noticing the archetypal qualities in different people that you meet. And, and appreciate that, walk right up to them and say, I have to tell you that I'm, I can see, just like we did here, I see this in you that has this power, this quality, and I just appreciate it. So will you do those practices in Israel for everybody there? Yes, I will. Okay, thank you. <laughs> cool. Anybody else, anything else before we wrap it up? Thank you very much for being here. Anybody else, anything? Okay. Florian played a trick in the chat. Florian played a what in the chat? No, I was, I was provoked by Devin. It's his fault. What is it? What did he do? Well, Devin, said, Devin said, just call him in, because I asked people to text and he said, no, call. So then I gave Devin's number for calls. Okay. <laughs> Instagram and feed. <coughs> See what I mean? He's a wizard and he's bored. He's doing stuff like this. So you got to call him up and ask, give him, ask him any questions and he'll give it to you. He's just overloaded with possibilities. Okay, guys, thank you very much for today.
Thank you. Here's Miss AC. I was listening. She was listening. <laughs> okay. What was that the Anne Chloe it's in the beginning? The share about Anne Chloe? What? What was it we shared with you about? Remember what she write about. He was going to say something about and yes, and Chloe was right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um Spark 135. I was going to read, I was going to do Spark. Was it 135? No, 200, 203. 203. See, she's right again. Spark 203 is this thing about uh, what you do to a person when you put them on a pedestal. And when you, and it's, uh, I was going to just take us through Spark 203 instead of reading from the book. And, and Clay says, nope, people need to go with the fear stuff. They need to go with what the book is right now. And she was right. But I really highly recommend this Spark 203 with regards to this whole thing about um, how, what's the protocol in the space? How do we keep our authority? How do, how do each person and what, what kind of pain you cause or what kind of gremlin food you cause by putting somebody on a pedestal? You, you cut them off from connection from you and you set yeah, up- Yeah, you're right. Is it, what is it? Yeah, you're right. Uh... Is it 135? Okay, we're checking. It's a terrible thing if I'm right. That's a horrible anyway, experience. It's, it's about, it, the title is about uh, authority. You type in authority in the, dis, in the distinction and the, and the spark will come up. It's one of the latest, like 200s. And yeah. I, can I add yeah. something? Just about this spark, it's also for a number of you who will start taking, um, more and more space and holding space and being the space holder and being put on the pedestal by other people that if you have the clarity about what it what it does to you and what's going on in the other person then you can have this conversation in a meta conversation way so um 205 so you can see it from both you you can experience and ex do the experiments from both point of view of you having put or is still putting people on pedestal and how other people do that to you too mm -hmm. both ways so nicole at spark 205 yeah all right thank you yeah i highly i highly so we have three experiments for this week so happy experimenting take care see you guys i'd love to see you guys here it's wonderful so see you next week where are you tenerifa Moving to La Gomera. Tomorrow morning. It's the Canary yeah. Islands. Hablamos Espanol aquí. I'm totally convinced. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Uh, going to Valle del Roy. Is it uh, this? Uh, this yeah. 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 We're going to go see the squashed uh, the people there. in the trailer park. What? Yeah, he's going there. Oh, you're going there. I have been there for some yeah. years ago, so okay. it's beautiful. All right. We'll have stories by next week. Bye-bye. Bye, Jennifer.